Hey everyone, it's Erica Henry, Network Pastor of Holy Districts, and you're listening to the Holy District Podcast. Well, welcome to week two of our Psalmish series. Last week, we talked about the idea of sin in the Bible using the song Clocks by Coldplay. This week, we're going to take on a different but related topic. And actually, to be honest, it's more like a couple different ideas that we see in the scripture that feel connected to me. I wonder if they'll also feel connected to you. We're going to listen to the song I Can Change by Lake Street Dive. But Before we listen to the song, I would actually like to start with a brief reflection on just a short passage of scripture in John chapter 3 to kind of prime the pump, as they say. And once I finish reading that to you, then we will listen to our song and jump into our reflection or analysis or whatever you want to call it. Sound good? All right, let's do it. So I'm reading from the New International Version, John 3, 1 through 4, and I hope this will give you some things to think about as you listen to our song. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Hey, castle on shadow I know that I lie in it And let it rule my mind from time to time Escaping an old battle That clings on like a vine to me Whispers dirty lies in my ear I know we didn't start this fight And I won't let it rule my heart tonight I can change, I can change I can still change I can still change Drawing the lines from where I am And from where I want to be Forget that old adage That history continues to 
keep us from the world we want to see I am scared that I won't get it right But fear won't rule my heart tonight I can change, I can change I can still change, I can still change still change I can still change I can change I can change I can still change I can still I don't know about you, but I want to go back and listen to that again. <laughs> Actually, the first time I ever heard this song, I think I listened to it on repeat for a long time, just trying to soak in the depth of meaning and such simple lyrics. And this goes back to the whole reason for doing this podcast series in the first place. There is something about the the feeling and the meaning and the grasp that Lake Street Dive has on what what I would like to talk about today, which is the concept of repentance that I think is so beautifully captured in the song in a way that a theological dictionary or a Bible verse may not really be able to get at. And I don't know what you thought of whenever you were listening to this song, but this refrain of I can change, I can change, I can still change for me as a person who has been following Jesus for some time now has become <laughs> really important to me, uh, both in staying on the journey with Jesus, um, contending with the flaws and immaturity that I see in myself and continue to see in myself and then connecting back to our episode last week, contending with the power and the force and the condition of sin, which has an effect on me and my community and my family and the entire cosmos. There is a deep need that I have to proclaim from a place of hope that change is the change is really possible. Now, what I love about following our Clocks episode with this Lake Street Dive song is I I sense that they are talking about similar things, Clocks in the whole song, but then Lake Street Dive and the first verse where we're thinking about hate as a long shadow that the singer finds herself hanging out in and allowing rule or dominion over her and in her mind and in her thoughts. This 
echo is the same language that we heard in the clock song and that we also saw in Cain, the story of Cain, where sin is this animal that's crouching at our door wanting to rule us, but God's God's offer to us is that we can actually rule it. And I love that the song, the, the first verse ends by saying, we didn't start this fight, but I won't let it rule my heart tonight. I think when we talk about the idea of repentance, in my experience, uh, in such an individualistic culture, we often think about the idea of repentance of hmm, maybe like feeling badly about um, something that we've done or a way that we are behaving, that, that individualistic understanding of sin then informs a very individualistic understanding of repentance. So I did a bad thing uh, to repent, then I need to feel bad that I did a bad thing, and then I need to try to stop doing that bad thing. And that's what repentance, I think, probably means for a lot of folks. And once again, I'm not saying that that this is completely wrong, but I do think that if this is the only framework that we have for the idea of repentance, we're probably missing out on a lot of theological depth and richness for our own spiritual formation. In the New Testament, whenever we see the word repent, we see it over and over again. Jesus talks about repentance. Jesus uh, invites everyone to repent because the kingdom of God has arrived. So this connection of repentance and the arrival of God's kingdom are, are very uh, is very important to the message of Jesus. And then we see the word repent over and over again in the book of Acts, if you have some time this week, I would encourage you to just read through the book of Acts with a highlighter and see how many times you find the idea of repentance. And check me on um, what I share in this episode to see if you think it is consistent with what you see in the book of Acts. But uh, I say that to say, if you were to look up the word repent, um, and it's Greek, which is what the New Testament was written in to begin with, the word actually means to change your mind, to change your mind. And so if we have this basic definition in our minds as we read passages where Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of God has arrived or the kingdom of God is at hand, and we said, instead, change your mind because the kingdom of God is at hand. How would that change change. Wow. Sorry. Using that word a lot. How would that change though? What we think the word repentance means. One of my favorite pastors, his name's Brian Zond. He uses the phrase rethink everything, rethink everything as his substitute for the word repent. Rethink everything for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now there is There's a meaningful critique of this idea that we can get so in our heads that we we miss the opportunity to experience change in our behavior and we justify a lack of maturation in our lives by saying, well, I I feel bad about it or I'm trying to think differently about this or whatever it may be. And so that um, disintegration between how we think and what we do is something I would like to 
to just really um, advocate against. I, I believe that we are more holistic people than we give ourselves credit for. What we do impacts the way we think, rewires our brain, and what we think impacts, what and how we think impacts what we do. So these are not separate ideas uh, in my mind. These are actually very integrated ideas about how we think and what we do and there's a dynamic relationship between both of those ideas. I'm just looking here through some of the passages that use the word repent, and we have Peter preaching in Acts, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ so that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive the Holy Spirit. So uh, rethink everything and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ so that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Or in Acts 5.31, God exalted him, this is Jesus, at his right hand as leader and savior that he might give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. That's interesting. We'll come back to it. Acts 8.22, repent therefore of this wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. So rethink this wickedness of yours and pray that the Lord, if possible, Pray to the Lord that if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. Look at that. The intent of your heart being connected to wickedness and repentance all in the midst of that. So uh, I think in verse two of I Can Change, we start to explore this a little more in the lyrics. She says, tracing an old pattern, drawing the lines from where I am and from where I want to be. Forget that old adage that history continues to keep us from the world we want to see. She ends by singing, I'm scared that I won't get it right, but fear won't rule my heart tonight. So this idea of old patterns that we start out, we're kind of conditioned to, to trace. I think this is a really helpful metaphor for understanding the idea of sin and repentance and how they relate. So we all inherit a culture. We all inherit a script. We all inherit patterns, what it means to be human, what it means to be lovable, what it means to be good, what it means to have worth or value in our cultural context. And how to achieve those things is different for for different people at different times. But we, we receive this and it's implicit. One, uh, one really easy example of this would be the concept of the American dream and the United States culture, that there is this pervasive idea that happiness is the achievement of the American dream, that, that your average person who pulls themselves up by their own bootstraps and works hard and takes care of themselves, would eventually own a house with a picket fence and have a retirement account and, um, you know, a spouse with 1.7 children. And, and if they had these, oh, and a nice car and maybe like a boat or something like that, I don't know. Um, but if they had these things, then they would have achieved the American dream. And so many of us are born live and die trying to live out this pattern, trying to experience the American dream. And we don't ever 
think to question it. We don't ever think that maybe that's not the goal of existence. Or maybe your family had a certain pattern. This is what you do. This is how you matter. This is how you prove that you are meaningful um, to the world. This is how you make an impact. And there are, you know, people in your family or in, in your community that don't do that and therefore aren't valuable. And there are people who do. There are people who do it better than you. And that creates a comparison. We have scripts. And uh, in my experience, many of us don't even know that we are reading one. Many of us are operating according to some pattern that was given to us that was we were never taught or given permission to question. And it's into this environment that Jesus arrives and says, listen, the kingdom of God is right here. If you will choose to rethink everything, you can actually experience it. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. In this verse, she also talks about this idea of drawing the lines from where I am and from where I want to be. And this is a really beautiful aspect and a really painful aspect of repentance because it it is the part of our experience of repentance where we are coming to terms with the fact that the patterns that we've inherited, the scripts that we've been given are not actually helping us to become the kind of people that deep down we're yearning for. They're not bringing us home. They're not making our lives whole. They're not leading us to peace. They're actually causing us to feel discontent that we're not enough reminding us of our lack and our emptiness and creating a need in us to consume more and to chase after our meaning and our worth. And and not only that, we have larger, less individualistic patterns and scripts that we've inherited. And this is this is um an interesting uh, within the context of the United States. This is one way that I think it's helpful for people who follow Jesus to start to think about white supremacy and the history of racism and modern racism in our country. You know, it's it's so interesting whenever I have conversations with friends and fellow believers when we when I bring up this topic, it can get a little sticky. I'm sure you've experienced that or maybe you're feeling uncomfortable even with me talking about it right now. And people will say to me, "I didn't own slaves. I don't use the N-word." I've never insert whatever racist action that we know is a part of our country's uh, past and our original, the original sin of America. And they'll say, so I don't, I don't have anything to do with that. I don't have anything to do about that. So if we only see the idea of repentance as a decision that I make as an individual to stop doing something that I am actively doing, then we're going to have a very limited scope. But if we start to allow Jesus to shape our imagination to say, actually, no, repentance is about being open to changing the way that I have been taught to think about myself, my community, and my world. Is it possible that you and I have received ways of thinking about ourselves, our communities, and our world that are not in alignment with God's kingdom? Is it possible that the way that we think about ourselves, our communities, and our world 
could stand to be changed. And if they were changed, then that would affect our lives and our the lives in our community in a substantive way. Obviously, I think the answer is yes. And this is this is what repentance is about. It's about so much more than saying, I didn't do that. I'm not responsible for that. It's about recognizing that we were all born into a pattern of this world, which at its core is operating in, in and under the power of sin. We live in a country where children are hungry, where people are abused by their partners, where we have shootings um, just about every other day, many times racially motivated or um, hate crimes of some sort. We live in a country where we are afraid to send our children to school because an active shooter could show up at any, any kind of school in any city in our country. This is a pattern that we are all a part of. And just because I have never done any of those things doesn't mean that I don't have an opportunity to engage in the process of repentance, to ask Jesus to show me, what do I need to rethink? What do I need to allow you to transform in the way I think about myself, my community, and this world so that we can experience your kingdom, which is already arriving and has been arriving At the end of this verse, before she goes back into the chorus, she says, I'm scared that I won't get it right, but fear won't rule my heart tonight. And again, she, she begins just repeating over and over again, I can change, I can change, I can still change, I can still change. And this is why I wanted to start this podcast with the John 3 passage. Here is this very powerful, knowledgeable well-respected man. He comes to Jesus because he needs to understand what is going on. He needs Jesus to teach him. He comes to Jesus saying, I know that you're from God because you're doing these things that only someone that God was with could do. But he's, he's totally perplexed. And when Jesus responds to him and tells him that Here here are the words exactly, reading from John 3 again. Jesus replies, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Now, this passage doesn't have the word repent in it. But I, I wonder if you can go there with me as we've been meditating on the idea of repentance, as changing our mind, as waking up to the patterns and the scripts that we've been handed and opening ourselves to the influence of Jesus and the work of the Spirit in our lives to change our minds so that when a well-established, knowledgeable, respected man comes to Jesus and, and he doesn't ask him a question, he just says, we know you're a teacher who came from God. No one can perform the signs you're doing if God were not with him. And Jesus says to him, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And here this man replies, how can someone be born when they are old? Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Now Nicodemus is a smart guy. 
I'm sure that he doesn't think that Jesus is telling him that he literally needs to be born again through his mother's womb. But I do instead believe that he is saying to Jesus, I don't, how am I supposed to change? How Start over? You're telling me that to experience the kingdom of God, I have to start over? I have to be born again. I have to become a baby again. I have to become an infant again. This is the scandal, I believe, of true repentance. Is that really to experience repentance is this ongoing process and openness to the opportunity to be born again. And as Jesus goes on later in this passage, to, to be born from above, or that's another, um, another version in a manuscript where Jesus says you have to be born from above. You see, we were born into a certain way of being human. Not all of the ways that we learn to be human are bad, but many of them are contaminated. They're tainted by sin, under the influence and the power of sin. And Jesus' kingdom arrives in the midst of that. Jesus shows up right here with you and me and invites us to be born again, to start fresh, not just to start fresh though, but to actually become vulnerable in the way that a newborn infant is vulnerable. Because the, the problem is, is that you and I have become mature in a way of being human that was never in alignment with God's original vision and vocation for human beings. You and I are image bearers of God who have grown up in patterns and systems and ways of thinking that move us away from our call and vocation and our ability to image God, that move us toward fear and violence and self-sufficiency and jealousy and envy and anger and comparison. These are not the ways that God has for us. This is not the way that Jesus shows us to be human. And so if we really are to experience the kingdom, if we really are to see the kingdom of God and see what Jesus is up to, we have to be willing to become immature again. We have to be willing to become vulnerable. We have to be willing to become dependent upon Jesus as a newborn baby and to grow up in a new way of being human. Now think about that. If I am to become like a baby, if I am to be born again, and that is part of what repentance means in my faith walk, in my, in my spiritual journey, that means that my repentance is actually dependent on at least one other. If I'm going to start over, if I'm going to rethink everything, then my repentance is bound up in something bigger than me. And this is something that I really love and appreciate about the song that that we are looking at this week. I can change if you've seen the video. You will notice the whole time that they're singing this song, the lead, the vocalist is, is singing, I can change, I can change. She's singing in the singular. But what's happening all around her is that actually... Her friends and bandmates are the ones that are changing her clothes. 
The video begins with her singing, uh, appearing almost naked, naked, vulnerable, completely a blank slate. And as she's singing, her friends, her loved ones, her bandmates are putting on, trying on this outfit, trying on that outfit. And she's singing, I can change, I can change, I can still change. I think this is a beautiful picture of what repentance really looks like. That it is something that, yes, we consent to, that we open ourselves to, that we become willing to rethink everything. And then there is the other part of receiving our new way of being. And I love that this is <laughs> that the, this is the way repentance works because it's not all dependent on me. It is something that I choose, but also happens to me. And that's where in that Acts 5 passage where it says, God exalted Jesus at his right hand as the leader and savior that he might give repentance to Israel. There are several times in the book of Acts where the idea of repentance being given to a group of people is what is being expressed. Acts eleven eighteen says, when they heard this, they were silenced and they praised God saying, then God has given even to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. So here's what I have to say to you. If you have been doing this really sobering work of looking at your life, drawing the lines between who you are and who you want to be, and there are things about the way that you have learned to be human that you wish were different, that you want to change, but you're scared and, and you don't know if you can. There are some people who say people don't change. People can't change. It's just a, ma- a matter of fact. What I want to end this episode saying to you is that, yes, you, in fact, can change. You can change. You can change. You can still change. And the way that this will happen is that God will give you the gift of repentance. God wants to reshape your thinking. He wants to do that through the revelation of God's self through Jesus. He wants to do that through a community that he wants to surround you with that can be receiving and participating in this process of repentance with you. He wants to give you the security of knowing that if you will become vulnerable again, like a little baby, that you will be taken care of. You'll be in good hands. God, your Father, loves you and desires to give good things to you. Repentance for God was never about you finally getting your stuff together so that he could forgive you. Repentance has always been about an invitation for you to open your mind to a new way of being human that Jesus will walk with you through and into this ongoing process of being born again and born again and born again, receiving the gift of repentance. Maybe a better way to say it is not you can change, but you can be changed. You can be changed. You can still be changed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Next week, we'll pick up the series with a different song. It's called Praying by Kesha 
I hope that you will listen in and share your feedback or your input with me so that you can be a part of this series and this discussion that we're having together. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Rediscover Sacred, or you can always just send me an email, erica at holydistrict.org. That's E-R-I-C-K-A at holydistrict.org. Talk to you soon. District is a network of people who are dedicating their lives to grassroots, Jesus-centered community building. We're trying to rediscover the sacred and the everyday spaces where we already live, work, and play, and we're so grateful that you are along on the journey. Talk to you next time.